Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice for season two. It's a brand new season. Really excited about it. The show was very well received last year, our first year of doing it. Uh, we're bringing it back. Not a surprise to anybody. And we're very grateful for everybody who has listened to the show in 2017, everyone who's going to listen to it this year and shared feedback with us, sent us messages, engage with us on Twitter and on social media. Uh, thank you very, very much for that. Our sponsor for This Week in Voice is Voice XP. And instead of reading a spiel, I just want to take a minute to thank personally the crew at Voice XP, and specifically Bob Stolzberg. This guy is a pioneer in voice technology. Uh, voice XP has carved out a real niche for itself in the Midwest. Uh, they're doing incredible work creating Alexa skills, Google Home Actions, and really educating the market in many ways on the power of voice technology. I'm inspired by their work. I'm honored that they've been a sponsor of Voice First FM to this point and looking forward to working with them into the future. So I wanted to take a moment uh, off the cuff and just thank them for everything. Our guests today are Tim Kala and Dominic Meissner, both of 169 Labs. Gentlemen, say hello. Hi, Bradley. <laughs> Hi, Bradley. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Thank you very, very much for joining us today. If one of y'all would take a moment and share with me in the audience, what does 169 Labs do? Yeah, first of all, thank you, Bradley. Uh, we are honored to be part of the first episode of this week's In Voice for this year. Um, we've been following the podcast of Voice First FM over the last year and really enjoyed it. Uh, a lot of inspiration, great guests so Thank far. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, I've listened to the very, very first, uh, for my very first episode during a train ride, I think from Cologne to Berlin here in Germany. And it was one of episode of The Voice of Healthcare. Yeah, great source of information. I way. appreciate that. Thank you and, very much. Yeah, and now we are part of the podcast. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Yeah, Dominic and me, we run an agency uh, here in Germany with a strong focus on the voice ecosystem. Uh, companies are asking us for consultation on their existing voice apps or book, book us to build their skills, including UX, conception, marketing, recommendations, etc. We do workshops and talks. Uh, are asked to join hackathons as mentors or, and are now co-host of the voice meetup in Cologne. Yeah, and we do um, a lot of the things regarding uh, the, the voice first world. And that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And uh, now we're part of your podcast. That's, uh, that's really great. And um, we are honored to, to attend the, the Alexa conference next week. Absolutely. Yes. We're pleased to have you today. Pleased to have you as part of the Alexa conference where y'all will be giving a briefing on Alexa adoption in Germany and across Europe. It's uh, going to be fantastic information um, for uh, people to get no matter where uh, they're coming from. Uh, everyone wants to know how Alexa is being adopted um, in Europe. And uh, just to give y'all's perspective, you know, a firsthand perspective on that would be a beautiful thing. Thank both of you very, very much for joining us. So with that, 
we'll get to the news. And this week, almost all of the uh, airtime, all of the attention is going to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show going on out in Las Vegas. And I wanted to select a couple of key stories that we've already seen emerge out of the conference um, and discuss those and then sort of talk about uh, how y'all see some of these announcements shaping the rest of the year. But let's start with the first one. Google, for a long time, uh, has not participated that much in CES, according to stuff that I've read. They haven't had a booth. This year, they have a booth. Uh, they haven't advertised that much this year. They're advertising everywhere for Google Assistant. And Dominic, I'll start with you. What uh, do, you, do you think that Google um, is spending their money wisely here? Do you think that it's smart of them to compete uh, and take on Amazon head-to-head in a, in a major show like CES? Share with me your perspective on seeing what they're doing. Yeah, actually, um, I think... Um they have a lot of space to to keep up and uh, match the efforts of Amazon in the market of the voice services. So they have, they, I think they started, they, they had a head-to-head start, but Amazon just put them behind them. So they need to catch up a lot in the market to have, to gain more people using their services. So I think it's a right move to go to the, to, to any trade show or, or deepen their, relationships with customers to get more people using the devices so so you like think, the move uh, yeah i think it's a bold move doing it um and i think it's a good move doing it on ces too it's a really co- consumer focused industry all news come out there everybody's there the press is there people are there so i think it's i think it's a good move going going there and presenting all this stuff there there that's that's the yeah that's a, a good show for them They've gotten a lot of attention just for the simple fact that they are, they're advertising everywhere. They've, they've looked for every nook and cranny available and stuck their logo in it or something about Google Assistant. I agree with you. I don't think that's a bad move either, considering how Amazon, um, that's a page out of their playbook. You know, they're, they're the ones who have been advertising heavily. Uh, they're the ones who have been promoting uh, and, and educating the market, you know, a little bit more over 2017. The other story that sort of is part of this is that uh, the major story I've seen about Google coming out of CES so far is they have announced a group of Echo Show competitors. They've got a group of um, hardware offerings that use Google Assistant deeply, but that also have a screen. Have you had a chance to see some of those devices? Was there one in particular that stood out to you? Um, what excites you the most about seeing Google get multimodal with their uh, Google Assistant? I would have been surprised if they hadn't uh, announced uh, a device a device with a screen. So um, at least now we know why Google removed YouTube from Amazon Echo Show and Fire TV Stick. <laughs> So to be honest, uh, I like the 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 table uh, the tablet style uh, design of the Lenovo Smart Display. I've seen it in the press uh, on, on on the diff- different blogs, and um, I I wondered why Amazon decided to to give their Echo Show the look of um, you know I don't know if you remember the the very first rear project projection TVs 
it's uh yes yeah the design of the of the smart display for example from from Lenovo is uh a bit a bit thinner and it looks like, more like like the like a tablet so um i love the design and i think it's absolutely the the right move to 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 bring um to bring a device with a screen um after Amazon did this, um, I think, in, in May last year in the U.S. and in November in Germany. So, yeah, I would have been surprised if they, if they hadn't. Yeah, actually, what I like this is that they partnered up with, with uh, third-party manufacturers like LG so, and Lenovo. So they, they didn't build their own device, but they just reliable manufacturers and building and putting their assistant into their devices so i think it's a good move not to have their own device but enable other manufacturers putting your technology in their stuff they could have gone the other way around just producing their own device but i think like tim said they are not the they are maybe their design is not that advanced so it's much better given it to other people This is going to be an interesting showdown to watch. And I want to follow up asking about the Echo Show competitors that Google's rolled out with another question. You know, in, in what y'all talk to your clients about and sort of how you advise individuals and, and businesses with how to approach voice, I'm, I'm curious just for myself, um, if you've got a company that has a limited amount of money to spend on creating a voice presence, are you going to tell them at this point as we head into 2018 that they need to not spend any money until they can be uh until they can have a presence both voice only like in the original echo or if it's just voice just audio and uh a multimodal presence like with the echo show and with some of these google devices or would you tell them to go one way or the other to focus more on the the voice first application with visuals or don't worry about that for now share with me how you just your thoughts on how you might advise a client that has a limited budget which way would you have them go first i'm curious yeah actually i think um, if you have really a limited budget i would go voice first in general because um, there are many devices out there that only support voice and not no screen at all at the moment It depends a little bit on your product. If you have a media product that has, where you have already strong presence in the visual field, then you might consider doing visual and voice services for your for the devices. So it just depends on what your existing assets are, and it's it's very yeah. specific. Um, but on the other hand, I think like if you look at the market at the moment, you have a, like I don't know what the ratio is. My feeling is like it's 90% percent voice only and 10% with visual addition or screens attached. So spend your money on, on voice. There you get the most bang for the buck. But I think that as, as, we, as, as we are talking here, the, the page is turning and you see TVs coming out with Alexa and, and new Echo Show devices and Google Home. So that, that, let me answer this question in six months again and I might say... Something well, sure. Else. And that's exactly why I asked, because, uh, you know, if you um, are a consumer brand or if you're uh, like a lot of companies that we work with are publishing content of different types, you know, whether it's books or series of books or, um, you know, different content. And, you know, you're, you're absolutely right with what you said about six months from now. You know, if you 
start creating a voice application. You know, let's say we've got a publisher, they want to create an Alexa skill, and there's a discussion about whether they uh, want to integrate uh, visuals into it. Uh, I, I completely agree with you that it's probably like 90-10 right now, maybe 80-20 at max. But six months from now, given the velocity of the market, it could be totally different. I, I don't know. I think that's a challenging discussion given how fast things are moving. Tim, what do you think? Yeah, we, I think we have to keep in mind that Alexa has been introduced uh, only one year ago in Germany Yeah, um, regarding our clients here and our market here in Germany. So, um, and, and the Echo Show devices have been shipped uh, in December, so only one month ago. So, um, at the moment, I think in Germany it will, will take a while. We first have to get familiar about the, the, the new technology and about the, the voice uh, first technology and have to, to learn, uh, not to learn, but to get familiar about this whole new world and these tons of, of possibilities uh, Alexa or other voice assistants have. So um, at the moment we, we are playing around, we developers are playing around with Echo Show and the output um, over the, the display, but um, the We are still waiting for the for the for very very good and excellent um, apps besides our projects <laughs> um, in for for voice first. So um, I think not only in six months, uh, so already next week or in two weeks, uh, we will answer maybe different to this question. So sure, and it's easy to forget that we are you know sort of on the vanguard of all this, uh, and there's a lot of catching up that is being done right now. Um, you know, with Mark, with Amazon and Google leading the way. This uh, this leads me into the next uh, story from CES, and uh, Dominic, you you mentioned the smart TVs. It, you know, one of the major news stories coming out of CES are these 4K smart TVs with Alexa integration, and I want to share. Uh, just something that happened to me over Christmas. I was uh, visiting with my family and uh, like my, my parents and my extended family, and we had the TV on and uh, we were watching one sporting event and we wanted to switch to another one and we couldn't find the remote. And uh, there's no telling where it was. There's a lot of kids running around. It could have been anywhere. And I didn't know this, but my brother, who's a software developer, had set up my parents' uh, TV to be Alexa enabled through a Logitech device, I think. And, uh, and so uh, rather than have to search everywhere for the remote, all we had to do is say, Alexa, change channel to channel 58 or whatever it was. And that was just an eye-opening moment for me. Now, you know, I didn't know that they had that capability uh, you know, where I was, but just the convenience of that, it just opened my eyes to, to the realization that the moment that this technology is available with TVs to speak to it and make it do stuff, uh, we're never going to leave that world. So I want to get both of y'all's thoughts. And Tim, I'll start with you. Uh, do you share my optimism for, uh, you know, integrating voice into smart TVs? What's your, what's your opinion on that? I mean, TVs with voice control are not that new, right? So um, even in Germany, so uh, I'm able to to control my five-year-old Samsung TV via voice by speaking into the remote, but I never used it, <laughs> not a single time uh, I can remember. So um, the, the big question is, 
um, and I will give that back to you or to Dominic as well. Will that change when Alexa is living in in the in the TV? I think it will be very very interesting. <clears throat> uh, that's a good point. I, I think you you're right. Voice capabilities for devices such as TVs have existed, and the moment you said that, I just started thinking. You know, um, like I've got Comcast TV here in our house, and uh, Comcast actually recently shipped us a voice enabled remote where you can speak into the remote. And when they did that, I didn't rush to get it out of the box. I didn't rush to set it up like thinking, wow, you know, everything has changed now. And similarly, you know, I haven't sought out the capability of making up, you know, TVs in our house voice enabled, um, you know, even after coming back from Christmas and ex having that experience I described earlier. Uh, and so I think that touches on the point that, you know, what Amazon has done and Google to a lesser extent, Amazon and Google together leading the marketplace has sort of taken us there. You know, maybe it was ahead of its time before. And um, and now, you know, the expectations have changed. Uh, people are ready for it. They're, it's just a different sort of mindset. Uh, Dominic, uh, what do you think? You think, uh, uh, you know, do smart TVs excite you uh, when they've got Alexa? Do you think it's more likely that Alexa and Google integration will uh, lead to greater adoption? What's your take on seeing this story? Yeah, I think in the beginning, I think I thought, okay, re removing the, the remote control by voice, why not do it? No one needs the remote anymore. I mean, on the other hand, I don't know, you, 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 you could have done this five years ago, as we, as we have talked earlier, so, and you haven't done it. But what me, or what excites me most is that I think that, that you get a technology into the TV that everybody knows at the moment or is, is talking about. So it's, you get buzz and people know how to use their Alexa devices and now they have it in, in their TV. So I think that can raise the awareness and like the, the customer, the customer experience and all that stuff beyond what, what is already done in the field at the moment. And this will, will for sure lead users to use this more than they did in the past. Yeah. And, you know, there might've been a stigma before, you know, like um, if you had talked to your TV, like with a Samsung TV, and if there was some ability to talk to that, like that might've been weird. That might've been, something you wouldn't have done um, until, you know, here, here along comes Amazon advertising on TV all the time, uh, at least here in the United States, people talking to uh, devices, you know, talking to Echo devices and uh, establishing that expectation and then Google following along behind them. Um, yeah, that's, that's interesting perspective on that. And let me go to the next story here um, with Alexa getting integrated into Windows 10 computers. This is, in the last episode of the first season of This Week in Voice, we commented on uh, all the different companies and, and gave them a letter grade. And there was some consensus from that panel that uh, Microsoft, the, the Cortana Alexa partnership needed a lot more fleshing out. And here we see something that I think is only bound to cause even more confusion. Alexa is now on Windows 10 computers. <laughs> and the thought, first thought that comes to my mind is, if, if Amazon is successful in getting Alexa on Windows 10 computers, which don't belong to them, that's another 
big tech company's product, where, where will they not be successful? <laughs> you know, uh, if they can cross that bridge, what is it they can't do? do, do how do y'all see this? Uh, do you see this as um, just confusing like I do? Or do you, or just uh, almost an expectation at this point? Well, what's your thoughts, Dominic? Yeah, I mean, they, they made the partnership, I think, was it six months or 12 months ago? And everybody was wondering what the partnership will be. And I mean, Cortana couldn't couldn't get the foot in the door, so that's I think that's why they partnered up with Amazon in in a which was a good move for them to, just to get the traction. I think and now is the the consequence to put everything in the in the in Windows 10. I think that's that's the consequence of their partnership. If you really want to do it, then you have to do it like this way. What in the end what comes out is is, is a big question mark for sure. But it, it will be a, see the, the reach, the reach, the possible reach on devices will be huge. How many how many Windows 10 devices are out there in the market? From from my perspective, it's not more confusing than building or implementing Alexa into earbuds or in ear uh, <laughs> earphones. So um, I just mentioned that that I that I love the the hardware button of my Echo Dot, and I miss it at the Echo Show. So uh, I'm super happy that Asus not only announced to build in Alexa to their device, but also employs a keyboard shortcut <laughs> for triggering it. So um, I, to sum up, I think uh, Microsoft um, did a right the right move to to cooperate with Amazon and to integrate Alexa into, into their um, operating system. Um, I think with Alexa on board, uh, users, especially you guys from the US, you, you know you have three years of, of experiences or two and a half with with Alexa. You know how to to behave and how to use Alexa uh, skills on, um, and for sure other features maybe of of your PCs, um, like maybe open software programs or schedule a meeting in Outlook um, via voice. And I think here in, in Germany, yeah, this will also take take a while if if we ad adopt to this all these new capabilities of. Um, having Alexa and every single device in my daily daily life. So for Microsoft, it's very good. And um, I'm, I'm curious about the, the opportunities and how it will, will be adopted by, by all the people around the world. It is interesting, you know, just, you know, Microsoft's got their own voice assistant and yet that's not what they're trumpeting in their own new computers or, you know, with their operating system and, um, but just the realization from all these manufacturers producing PCs that have Windows 10 on them that putting Alexa on their hardware is going to be a competitive advantage to Apple, um, you know, with Siri on their hardware. That's interesting. That's a, it's a, it's interesting sort of to, to trace that through, but I, I, It does confuse me from the standpoint of you would ex expect some clarity coming from Microsoft on what exactly they hope to accomplish with Cortana in 2018. But I do agree, you know, as far as these particular products are concerned, it's going to help them sell. Um, let me go to my last story here. And it's the voicebot.ai story of the week. So voicebot.ai is a very interesting, uh, very well put together uh, news website for voice. Uh, we've had a partnership with them in 2017 where we have a voicebot.ai story of the week we're going to continue that 
uh, here in season two of This Week in Voice. The story this week is actually twofold. And this is just very interesting. This is a, a, a highly unusual situation, I feel like, where there was a uh, briefing at CES where Panasonic has this car, in-car offering, this in-car system. And at first they announced that it's got Alexa built into it. And then later in the same briefing, they announced that Google Assistant's also built into it, and someone from Google came on to talk about it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you just have to laugh. I mean, I don't know what else you can do. I think that's pretty uh, eye-opening. It's an eye-opening thing. I think it's something that we may see more of. And really, this gets to the heart of my question. I want to pose this for both of y'all. So as we move forward, um, you know, we've got Amazon with Alexa. We've got Google with Google Assistant. We've got, at some point, you have to think Apple will... Uh, get more serious. You've got Samsung with Bixby. You've got all these different voice assistants that are being developed by maybe smaller companies um, that are going to compete in different ways. Uh, is this part, is this a glimpse into the future that voice assistants will live uh, together on the same hardware? Or is this just sort of a one-off thing that somehow happened that is going to make both of these companies mad after CES is over and lead to companies like having contractual uh, negotiated outcomes where you either go with Alexa by God or, or you know, uh, it's not going to be on, you know, exclusively or Alexa's not going to be on your device at all. So which way do you see this going? Do you see uh, this, uh, this story, this uh, thing that happened at CES being uh, a glimpse into an open future or a glimpse into a closed future? And whoever wants to start can. I think uh, in-car entertainment or the the improvement uh, of primarily uh, visual interfaces seems to be a huge things a huge thing uh, at CES and every other fair uh, for a couple of years now. Now and in in my opinion, it's an interesting move that Amazon is able to to skip this step. Um, I mean, some manufacturers. Um, even here in Germany, announced already that they will integrate Alexa into their um, new series. Um, I think it was Seat and Skoda. In fact, uh, Volkswagen, VW member firms. So I think it becomes even more interesting uh, when it's possible, or now it's possible to create a seamless voice experience between devices or environments so such as home um, my office with alexa for business or during my workout session with other devices around me and now also in in my car that's uh, i think it's uh, possible to to uh, now it's time to, to evaluate scenarios where you need this the seamless or the seamless experience Maybe no one knows these scenarios yet, but for sure they they will come up. So um, a great great move, and I think this will open um, a lot of more possibilities and scenarios that um, users can now use their voice um, to to use Alexa or to com voice control their their car or their in in car entertainment system. Yeah, it's interesting what you said about the contractual obligations. If you put or if you put both assistants in one device, I mean, me if I would, I would put myself in the shoes of a manufacturer. 
I would love to have every every assistant in my hardware device because then I get the most footprint out of my product. But uh, as you said, uh, maybe the, at some point it's it's kind of a race, and and you don't want to have both of them in there, or one competitor doesn't want the other, so they don't like each other, and they they're pretty sure they are not happy with with having both in them. So. Yeah, because we will see this more in the future that there will be contractual obligations that only one assistant is in the device. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, you know, this specific episode uh, that just happened at CES, think about it from Amazon's point of view. They've got Panasonic announcing this thing, and they announce it's got Alexa, and then they go on and announce that it's got Google Assistant. So, in other words, it was the company's perspective that having Amazon Alexa uh, integrated into this product was not satisfactory for it to sell by itself. You know what I mean? Like, mm, there's, there, I there's, uh, there's sort of that uh, implicit statement being made. Like, if we have multiple voice assistants in this product, then that signals to the market that we felt like we had to. You know what I mean? We felt like uh, we had to because um, what the voice assistants do on their own uh, was not enough. And so we just want to co combine as many as we can. And that's certainly not going to appeal. You know, that's not a, a message that I think uh, Amazon or Google wants to have out there. And so, uh, and obviously that's just one possible interpretation of what happened, but uh, I think it's a reasonable one. I think this is just a very uh, interesting thing uh, that has happened that, uh, uh, was was worth uh, discussing. Any uh, closing thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it just, as you said, it just shows that there's a race out there that everybody, that, that all the competitors are racing at the moment and <laughs> trying to squeeze every every um, inch out onto the other competitor. Sure. And, yeah. Complete. Yeah, completely agree. And so that closes our discussion on CES. I'm sure there will be more news coming out. Uh, the rest of the week, but uh, I think that provides a pretty good glimpse at that. Let's shift gears for a moment and talk about what's coming up next week, which is the Alexa conference. Um, we are super excited about it. The Alexa conference is the annual gathering of Alexa developers and enthusiasts from around the world. The event has doubled in size. We piloted it last year. Uh, we didn't really promote it. Uh, we just wanted to sort of experiment with it, and we were shocked uh, at the number of people who attended and from all the different places they came from, uh, including overseas. And um, so it was at that point that we decided to make this a permanent conference. And the more, you know, we learned with my company about voice technology, just the more enamored that we got. Um, and so that has led to uh, this year's Alexa conference, which takes place in Chattanooga, Tennessee. As I've said many times before, this is an incredibly underrated city in the United States. Everyone who's at the conference will get a chance to see that. The main differentiator uh, between something like the Alexa conference and something like CES or Amazon's own conference reInvent uh, that took place a few months ago is that uh, we feel like it is extremely important to have a conference <clears throat> that allows discussion of Amazon's ecosystem and Alexa in a um, unbiased, uncensored environment. 
Um, and so Alexa can be discussed in context with uh, the competitors. Uh, the pros can be discussed as well as the cons. Uh, you know, this is not a an Amazon marketing hour uh, sort of thing. This is just real ground truth that we're trying to get to. And we are very honored, as I said before, to have uh, Tim and Dominic join us. Uh, they'll be providing a briefing on uh, adoption for Alexa across Germany and in Europe, uh, which is phenomenal. Uh, we've got some other things that are listed uh, on the This Week in Voice site that are some highlights. The first Alexa for Business Lab to be run at any conference in the world will be taking place, <clears throat> run by an individual named Liz Myers, <clears throat> who is a former uh, Amazon Alexa technical evangelist up until just very recently. Um, and uh, that's going to be phenomenal. Uh, the government uh, is involved with this conference. Uh, the, the FTC is sending one of their head attorneys involved in IoT uh, and privacy concerns to talk about privacy at Alexa and to share the government's perspective on that. Uh, there's also a privacy panel that's taking place uh, as part of the event. And then the keynote is Dr. Ahmed Bouzid, who was the former head of product for Alexa and Amazon's Connected Homes initiative, uh, who now runs a software as a service company out of the DC area called Witlingo. He's going to be phenomenal. Gentlemen, uh, Tim and Dominic, uh, I want to just ask you, what excites you the most uh, about the program for the Alexa conference? What are you most looking forward to? What excites me most is um, getting in touch with the community, meeting all the people we have uh, only met via Twitter and social media, email, voice, voice, uh, telephone calls and all the stuff. So I really like to see them face by face, have a beer, have a chat, see what they are doing. That's, that's what I'm looking forward to for next week, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, it will be fun to bring everybody together, won't it? Uh, a lot of... Uh, names that uh, people are used to you know only seeing in social media that will become real people uh, in a matter of uh, a week or so tim what are your thoughts also i look forward to to meet the, the voice experts from from the us or from all over the world uh, including representatives from different companies yeah that we only know from from social media such as voice xp uh, bespoken telebills and many more and Hey, the mayor from Chattanooga will be there. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's going to be a blast. So uh, we're really happy to be part of it. And um, I think the Alexa for Business Lab will be a great playground to figure out real business scenarios and to discuss USPs of shared devices. Uh, Liz Myers is, as the leader of the Alexa for Business Lab, is definitely a great choice. We met her during an Alexa hackathon in Munich. Uh, she's a great person and has a very broad knowledge about the Alexa and, and the technology behind. So um, definitely um, a great choice. And uh, yeah, of course, we're, we're happy that um, the Alexa conference get attention from the US government. So uh, it's, it's awesome. And um, that we have a short presentation on Friday morning about the rise of Alexa in Germany uh, it, it's going to be uh, three very very great days. Oh yeah, no, I completely agree, and uh, and we and it's it's going to be fun too. We've got uh, attendees from all sorts of companies, small and large, attending. Um, Intel and Assurian and, and Nissan is sending somebody. I just found that out yesterday. 
and uh, there's several others. I, I won't mention them all. Uh, but um, and then people coming from all sorts of different countries. You know, y'all are coming from Germany, Bespoken coming from Peru, um, Artavio Menical of Rain Agency coming from Nicaragua. Uh, you know, people coming from all over the place, and uh, you know, we're honored by that. And it's going to be a lot of fun. The one thing I will say, we just announced this morning, uh, we just made a change to the website that the venue of the conference, um, we are moving it to a location that's more central to downtown. It's going to be at the Chattanooga Public Library, which has a phenomenal venue. Um, the previous venue, we were having some questions on whether they would be able to deliver everything. And so we just posted that this morning. We're going to send an email out to everyone attending and uh, to the listserv so everyone's aware of that but it'll be much more convenient for people to get to who are, especially who are staying from out of town uh because it'll be much closer to several of the hotels and stuff and it'll be you know a much less uber driving distance or whatever uh the the other thing about it is uh there is a voice first fm reception there's a voice first fm reception that we're having thursday night and we moved that to this really phenomenal venue called songbirds guitar museum so uh chattanooga has a brand new guitar museum that's got uh, one of the largest portfolios of high-end and uh rare guitars in the world and that is where we're going to have the voice first fm reception so that's going to be a treat that we didn't expect to be able to offer but uh but we will so yeah there's going to be a lot of uh fun there's going to be um incredible speakers uh, it'll set the groundwork for the conference doubling again in size when we do it next year. So uh, we wanted to make sure that we shared some information on this podcast about the Alexa conference in detail. And that's what we've done. Any closing thoughts on the Alexa conference before next week, guys? Uh, it's going to be a, like a family gathering, except then your annoying family won't be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, we will definitely have a podcast in, 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 in our show, um, the All About Voice podcast afterwards to report from to report and to share experiences from the, uh, from the uh, uh, conference. Definitely. Excellent. Excellent. Gentlemen, thank you very, very much for setting your time aside today and sharing that time and your insights with not just me, but the audience. It's greatly appreciated. Yeah, thank you. Thank you much for having us on the show. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Bradley. Absolutely. For This Week in Voice, episode one of season two, thank you for listening and until next time. <laughs>